Hello and welcome to the Casual Anime Podcast for a roundtable discussion of Darling in the Franks. And if you think we've been harping on about this show for way too long now, I would totally agree. Uh, different content is coming soon, uh, but this is supposed to give us at least closure. So, with that said, I'm your usual host, Frederick. Kashin is here as well. And joining Hello. us, we have a very special guest. Uh, we had some scheduling issues, but it's finally here. The biggest crossover in anime history. Welcome, Ian. <laughs> hey guys, how you doing? Uh, I've been hyped for this for weeks now, so... Uh, but Kashin yeah, is man. probably stress-eating in the background. I mean, yeah, <laughs> probably. Given the state of him. If you hear munching noises, you know what it is. Yeah, so uh, can you please give us a rundown of uh, what you do and where people can find you? Okay, sure. Um, so I do a couple of podcasts. Uh, my uh, I started 18 months ago, with the Retro Anime Podcast, which I do with my stepson. So uh, my stepson, Lewis, he's, uh, he's 24. So we get... We review the, you know, the classic anime. Um, we have a mission statement, the classic, the obscure, the forgotten. So, you know, we look at anime in those three uh, sort, of, sort of areas. Um, so you have my sort of rose-tinted view of it, growing up with this stuff. You know, I've been an anime fan really all my life. You know, I'm in my early 40s now. Lewis, you know, he's, he has much newer eyes on it. I got him into anime probably 15 years ago. So... Um, we do that and then recently uh, back in February launched a, a sort of companion podcast the Retro Mecha podcast which I do with a, a friend who I you know started talking to through Twitter who was a fan of the original podcast Craig Harmer um, so yeah you can find us uh, Retro Anime Podcast on Twitter at Retro Anime Podcast Retro Anime Podcast.com um, the Retro Mecha Podcast you find us on Twitter at Retro Mecha uh, we have a blog, retromechapodcast.wordspace.wordpress.com, I should say. And you can find both podcasts on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, Overcast, and another one which I can't remember. <laughs> yeah, that sounds a lot of like us, Kashton. I mean, yeah. <laughs> just a lot more professional than what we're doing. Uh, we're very pleased to have you, sir. And, yeah, yeah, I'm uh, very pleased to be here as well, chaps. So I've been, yeah, as you know, I've been looking forward to this for a few weeks as well. Uh, so I hope you guys have some interesting topics to discuss, and feel free to bring them up whenever, because sure. this idea just harping on forever and ever. Uh, so let's start. I don't want to taint anyone's opinions, so I'd like to hear your impressions so far. What was good? What was bad? And what did you actually hope for with this show? Uh, does anyone want to go first? Uh, sure, I'll go first. Um, yeah, I, when I first saw uh, Darling in the Franks announced, I was very excited for it. Um, you know, a lot of mecha that we've been getting over the last couple of years has been, you know, only 12 episodes. And we were finally getting, you know, some original content over two cores. Uh, so that was interesting. I liked the designs. It looked, you know, it was the, the mecha designs. Uh, look interesting the story sounded interesting so um where we are now 14 episodes in uh from my initial excitement for it i think it's been a very very turbulent ride i think it's been a bit of an up and down show i think it's had some real highs and i think it's had some real lows as well yeah i think you're definitely onto something there uh initially what got me hooked at least was uh the design of the mechas and then uh, the the collaboration at least uh, question yeah yeah well uh, kind of the same as Ian actually uh, it's been up and down I thought uh, when they started the filler ish things they well it felt like they they have had a story to tell but they uh, announced too much episodes at the beginning like it should have only been sixteen maybe yeah I mean I found you know, I think for me, the, at the start of the show, um, and where I found it really turbulent, um, I think you had a pretty good first episode. You know, some some serious echoes of Evangelion, and you know, quite obvious in that first episode. But yeah. you know, created a world. Then the second episode, I found where you had where it was presented how 
the um the pilot's pilot the uh mecca you know when um you know where the girl gets into you know the doggy position <laughs> and you know the male pilot you know sort of takes control from behind I, you know and and some of the stuff in the second episode i was just you know i, I don't know if i'm a bit you know i've, I've been around this stuff too long but you know i was just rolling my eyes <laughs> all the old. way through that episode yeah yeah i was just like oh you know and i kind of in some ways i was a little bit disappointed for a sort of a mainstream show that it would kind of play to that um base fan service level you know misogynistic type level it was like you know it's like oh this stuff you know just hasn't moved on at all in all all the years i've been watching it um so there was a bit of low, but then from episode three through to episode six, I thought it just got better and better and better. And like episode six, um, I thought was fantastic. And it was really good drama. You know, it had that big cuboid claxosaur that was like a battering ram. Yeah. Um, and I, I, you know, the design, some of the design in that and, you know, I'd say the tension and the drama I thought was fantastic. And it got really, you know, so it reached, it's gone from a real low, it's been building up, got to a real high. And then you had the um, swimsuit beach episode immediately afterwards. You know? <laughs> and I just was like, oh, I was just I was like, oh, here we go. Another, you know, you, you've got so good. And then you've gone, you know, you've dragged it right back down with, you know, real tropey episode again, you know, and it, and it took all that tension. I mean, there was some good character development in that episode but it kind of took all that tension that you that had built up over the previous four episodes and just dissipated it within like the first few minutes of the episode yeah definitely i mean the tone jarring tonal shifts where they go from seriously depressed to seriously or serious but broken up by innuendos and sex jokes Uh, yeah 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 and that as well yeah i kind of get that it's part of the show and then suddenly it they disappear again in the last episode so were they integral or were they not integral yeah and that's and building on that so the episode you had the beach one then you had the one where they split the house in half again it was just kind of like well, that's pretty cliche you know, yeah it was pretty cliche and a bit silly in it you know and you had like as you say you've got all this sort of sex stuff going on some of which i found quite interesting because um i can't remember her name Karot. Karomi, um, the bit where they go and find that, you know, and this is a, an interesting bit of world building um, that I found in Darling and Frank. And they go and visit that old village or that old town, um, you know, it's desolate and abandoned. And she finds that book about making a baby. Yeah, Kokoro. And, yeah. Yeah, Kokoro. Yeah. And, you know, um, you know, there's this stuff that these kids, you know, it's quite evident that they're, you know, they're called parasites, they're genetically engineered, but. You know, they they have no understanding really of the world of how it how it used to be or anything. Um, and I find some of that development quite interesting um, of what this world what the world used to be like and and how it got to where it is now. That's that's something which I think hopefully gets expanded on a little bit through the second half of the series. Yeah, I think. I think what it's definitely missing is a tighter storytelling and more progression yeah. and probably some kind of a villain, I guess, because the Klaxosaurs don't really seem to do much except just attack. So I feel like our cast needs goals and aspirations that don't include Hero as well, because everyone's goals and aspirations somehow stem Somehow from revolve around him, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and you're right, there is absolutely no clear antagonistic... Um, antagonist at all um in this at the moment you'd you'd almost argue um that zero two has been filling that role in some ways because you know hero has this you know relationship with her but everyone else doesn't trust her um and you know i wonder if um dr um franks Franks. you know ultimately because some of the the more recent, you know, when you see some of the backstory for episodes thirteen and fourteen, actually you see he's not a very nice character, you know, and he's the one sort of driving this genetic, um, you know, 
engineering on on the on these kits um so i wonder if he has a there's more to him i think uh, is what i want to say uh, definitely more to him yeah it really depends on what his goals are i mean if they're mm. idealistic or if they're not question said earlier in an episode that uh, everything is for uh, or is set up so zero two can save the world later and if that is the goal well i guess in some way, in their own mind, they're probably justified. Yeah, she's obviously, yeah, and again, as you see, the, I think episode 13, where you get her real backstory, um, you know, she's this sort of very special experiment or whatever, you know, and she's obviously um, developed for a, for a purpose and, you know, she's there to serve a purpose. Um, what that is ultimately, I absolutely have no idea. I think the story has been very cagey on actually where it's going. Um, this, I think the last 10 episodes could go in any direction and I wouldn't be surprised at all. Yeah, I think this basically leads us to my next question I had. I mean, what is this world? How, did, how do we get from uh, normal to mm. this in two, three generations? I mean, we see all these abandoned towns. It hasn't been that long a space of time. Um, how does Papa just become an almighty deity that everyone uh, uh, worships? It's something like straight out of Fury Road. Yeah. Well, it's, it's it's quite obvious that uh, Trump and uh, Putin had a <laughs> yeah. run in and nuked the whole world. Oh yeah. Uh, oh. Yeah, I think it's uh, you know there's. And um, with some of the uh, stuff in the storytelling, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, if they appear in episode twenty-four. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised at all. <laughs> but um, but you know, that's it's interesting you say that because there's been no real hint of, or no real explanation of some apocalyptic um, sort of event that's that's got them where they are. Yeah, um, they just started mining this. Uh this fuel out of the ground or something and yeah. uh, the Klaxosaurs showed up so did they mine too <laughs> greedily and too deep and did the Balrog of Morgoth suddenly appear? I don't know. It's <laughs> like a... <laughs> and is this yeah, all related to the Grand Crevasse where we're going now? Yeah, yeah, and I think that I think you're absolutely right, Frederick. I think that's definitely there's definitely something in that. Um and that's the next because I, I wonder sometimes, you know, the all the echoes of Evangelion, that um, you know, there's there's some sort of like you know second impact type event uh, lurking in the in the shadow somewhere. And I think if they'd if they'd revealed something like that too early on, people would have just gone, oh, you know, it's even more, you know, oh, they've stolen that from Evangelion, you know, and the you know the comparisons would you know be um you know be firmer and you know people would be find it harder to separate the two series yeah but uh i mean one is uh, brutally depressing and one is uh <laughs> kind of a little more light-hearted i guess so yeah but the th thing is though evangelion is quite light-hearted at times you know the bits in uh, misato's apartment um you know, and it's full of sexual tension, Evangelion, between Ray and Ray Misato and um what's he oh I can't believe I've forgotten his name now. Uh, Shinji. Shinji. Oh I can't yeah. believe I forgot that. Yeah, you know. I mean it even gets to the point where, you know, he masturbates over onto um Ray's bed when she's unconscious or whatever later on in the series. You know, it's 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 full of that teenage sexual tension which um, I think it's more blatant in Darling in the Franks, and it's you know it's dealt um, with you know with a sledgehammer. Um, you know, there's no tact or subtlety about it. You know, it it throws that sledgehammer around all over the place when it comes to sexual politics. Um, but uh, other than you know, but I, yeah, I, mean, I think that's where the, a lot of the it's I find it hard to separate the two sometimes. Yeah, and I mean, I guess uh, the parasites aren't meant to procreate later. I think is that no. the uh, 
the hints they're going for. That they're uh, damaged in some way and just bred for uh, the purpose of war. I mean, I certainly get that because um, I think in one of the episodes when they meet the um, parasite team from, um, is it Plantation 23? Yeah, I think so. Um, Six, maybe. Yeah, they, they, they meet another one and um, one of them says, um, you, you know, says something along the lines of you don't get to adulthood. Yeah, you know, they make... I don't quite get that though because I thought Hachi was a was a parasite. Maybe I'm mistaken because he has that number, so I would think he was mm -hmm. one of the parasites. Yeah, and the stamens you see in episode fourteen uh, in the uh, the stamens for CO two is quite uh, yeah, quite, old. quite developed. Yeah, yeah. Could always wonder if the um, the this yellow blood cell thing as well, you know, is a is a life limiting um, factor. You know, it's it's something that you know enables you to pilot a Franks, but ultimately is going to cut your life very short or makes you infertile or whatever. You know, I think in one episode they uh, they showed it was uh, age progression from yellow blood cells. Right. So, yeah, there's a lot of things on screen that I don't quite get, and I don't know if it's we're supposed to get them either. But uh, Reddit is very good at compiling all these things and making theories, <laughs> so I try not to pay too close attention to them. Yeah, I think it's I think it's leaving a lot open uh, for interpretation at the moment. Uh, I think there's I think there's a lot of loose ends or a lot of things to be explained in these final 10 episodes. Yeah, uh, so where do you guys hope the relationships are going? Because uh, as of now, <laughs> uh, Zero Two, I mean, uh, Ichigo just uh, did a coup d'etat yeah. and just sent away her only competition, <laughs> I mean. Yeah, and then declared her undying love to uh, Hero as well. Yeah. Um, so... Uh, just my opinion, that's not going to work, but, uh... You know, I added thought, uh... Yeah, guys have seen the movie uh, 300, when Leonidas kicks the messenger in the pit. Yeah, it would be sure. very cool if someone would make <laughs> make a gift <laughs> with Ichigo and Zero uh, Two. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I think someone out of that trio is going to die about episode 22, 23. You know... I think I think one of them, one of part of that love triangle has to has to die. Uh well, there's always Goro, I guess. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't know. A I think he's a better person than all of them put together. So I mean, <laughs> that's very true. Yeah. But yeah, as definitely. for uh, Ichigo and Hiro, I don't quite see that working because I mean, from the first kiss, uh, when Hiro doesn't end up feeling any, anything to episode 6 where she brother zones herself effectively and then to the point where she finally confesses I don't see it working because it's pretty apparent that Hero feels much more when he's kissing Zero too than when she's mm. kissing yeah, I agree. Ichigo yeah I agree the body isn't gonna lie so no. yeah and you have this old beast and the prince story going. yeah it's all oh. that wasted symbolism they've been throwing in yeah, <laughs> I mean, being their wings and all of these bird analogies, and then uh, it would be kind of meaningless to go the Hiroichigo route if you put all that work into making all these subtle hints and then uh, <laughs> having yeah, it not follow through. And I think that's where, with ten episodes to go now, I think you know, and I. I think this is an interesting point to talk because it's been building up and, you know, ep through episodes um, sort of seven up until about 11 or so, it's it's had a bit of a turbulent bump, but then it's got back onto that um, climb of getting better and better and, and building the world up. And I, and I think some world building has been and some backstory, you know, was desperately needed midway through the series because I think it's been, in some ways, it's been quite, quite lacking up until this point um and we you know we we, we understand hero 
and Zero Two and the the relationship with Ichigo a bit more. And we get to this point where Ichigo is now declared a you know as you say fired off the main competition and now declared a love. And um, I still think within ten episodes, I think it's still got a lot of work to do because um, it's quite a big reveal quite late on. I think, and then, and as we said, there's no antagonist, there's no clear objective, um, you know, to to drive the story to a conclusion at the moment. So, um, I think it could, if it's not careful, I think it could spend the next couple of episodes wallowing around in their relationship and take all the energy back out of the series again, having just spent the last two or three episodes building it back up. Yeah, I definitely see that, um, and I mean, it's kind of, uh, oh, wait, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> yeah, and you have these uh, unknown players, too. Uh, Papa, for example. Mm. Uh, what's that guy going to do? Yeah, and what's the blonde going to do? What, what are the nines going to do? Yeah, and that's an interesting point as well. Um, you know, we've... we've seen these other characters we've seen some of the other um frank's teams from the other plantations and then you know the nines uh, and you know they've they've kind of been very fringe uh characters to the story they've not had they've kind of come and gone they've not really been integral at the moment and it's interesting to see where the more external characters start to become a bit more integral um I'm I'm not sure how that kind of works because it's the story is so focused on, um, you know, that that love triangle. Yeah. Um, there's not really much room for other people at the moment. Uh, so one thing I think is a little problematic is that they gave uh, everyone kind of the in uh, Squad Thirteen their own episode. And it was mm. like a couple's reconciliation uh, episode of the week. It's like uh, yeah. <laughs> one couple has problems and then they make it up and then the next couple has problems. And then they go into separate characters and then the, the episode always starts with uh, a monologue from one of them. And you know by that point that that person is going to have either learned something or is going to do something yeah. important during this episode. So it kind of takes some of the tension away. Mm. I mean, um, uh, one thing that would definitely have helped if uh, they, they would have just introduced uh, a named couple earlier and then just killed them off very early so we didn't feel so secure. Yeah, and that's very that's a good point as well because I think, yeah, you know, of all the situations they've faced, they've, they're trying to build them up, you know, with this relationship and all this you know suppressed sexual tension that's kind of going on you know you kind of you kind of get a feel that they're kind of gagging for it but they don't know what to do with with it um so uh and it but that that i think has played on for too long through 14 episodes um i think that you could you could really have dealt with that really really succinctly by about episode eight um and you could have moved on a bit more into the story you could have got to where we are now i think by episode 12 and i think that would have been if you'd have got to this point exactly sort of midway through the series i think it made a bit more sense um but as i say no with no antagonist to really sort of fight against um yeah i'm not just not sure where it's going next yeah, I hope we dive straight into the Grand Crevasse in the next episode. But, mm. uh, has, has anyone seen the teaser for it? I think it's out, but I didn't. Ooh. No, I haven't actually. Yeah, I haven't. I don't usually do it, but <laughs> since we're I normally avoid today... teasers. I've, I normally avoid teasers. I don't like. <laughs> I've had too many um, series spoiled by watching the uh, next episode previews, so I just don't watch them anymore. Yeah, that's uh, that's a smart thing to do because marketing nowadays notice that it's better to spoil people uh, for some reason. I don't know why. Yeah, I've stopped moving, watching movie trailers on that base as well because you always see something that comes up in the you know, and you think, oh, it's it's probably giving you the best joke of the film, or you know, they've revealed some character or some 
you know, something. So, um, yeah, I try and avoid trailers a bit these days. Yeah, that's but the other thing, but the other thing as well is, um, you know, these last few episodes, you know, there's been a distinct lack of mecha action as well. Um, it's, it's interesting how the mecha, uh, actually takes quite a backseat to, you know, that love triangle, um, on, on, you know, a regular occurrence. Yeah, and therefore I think it's mind-boggling why some of the scenes look so bad, I guess. The characters are not completely on model, and it's like uh, most of them don't even have faces at the distance, so... Like, most of the budget probably goes into Strelizia's fight scenes, but... Uh, when there's so little of it, I don't see why... Is it a lack of communication between uh, Trigger and A1? That's... Yeah, yeah, I find it very odd because the mecha scenes, you know, like going back to episode six, um, which I, I think is probably the best episode so far, um, you know, that looked gorgeous. You know, some of that mecha action in throughout throughout the series looks really, really nice. You know, and, and I've, I've really sort of enjoyed it because I think it's, you know, the CGI aspect of it is isn't so obvious um you know it's got a much more of a natural animation look to it i think um so but then as you say sometimes the character animation that is just awful <laughs> <laughs> it's uh it's awful um so uh yeah carsten you've been a bit quiet what you know yeah <clears throat> i'm usually the quiet one so uh <laughs> I have noticed. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah, but even you remarked that uh, uh, the mechas looked good, but uh, everything else was kind of like off model, and you saw kind of like characters cut out and badly rendered onto the backgrounds. I mean, yeah, and and the mecha seats was was uh, the driving force for me to watch this at least, uh, and then they just shifted the to the story. Uh, and just went on to fillers, and I, I was kind of um, uh, depressed. But uh, I was getting some uh, uh, watching uh, fatigue. Mm. But uh, it's 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 been picking up. Uh, this last two episodes was uh, fantastic. I would rate them out of ten. Uh, I know exactly where you're coming from there, Carsten, as well, because I've I've had. I normally once I start if I, once I get sort of three or four episodes into a series, I tend to then just give it the benefit of the doubt and watch it to the end. Um, but I've, there's been a few occasions where I've, after certain episodes, I was just like, "Do I really want to continue with this?" <laughs> um, yeah. You know, I, I, I get exactly where you're coming from, and you know, the mecha action. You know, for me, you know, the mecha was what got me to watch it because I watch I watch every make a show that airs because um, that's that's my real interest in in anime and that's my original kind of interest um so that got me in first episode you know it looked interesting first episode quite good like I say echoes of evangelion and then after the second episode i was a bit like oh do you know i'm not sure if i can be bothered but it's it then you know got really really good and i was like oh yeah actually i, I was i was right to stick with it and you know i was really really sort of enthused at how good it was getting and the tension but and then again it just it blows so hot and cold I'm you know I just I can't decide whether I think it's I've, I'm I'm enjoying it as a whole I yeah. think but I can't really determine whether I think it's just really average or whether it's good um I really really struggle with what to make of it as a whole Individual individual episodes, I can go, good crap, good crap, good 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 crap crap good crap, you, you know. Yeah. But then as I, and as but when I try and surmise that, you know, surmise those fourteen episodes, I struggle to say have those fourteen episodes been just average with a few high points, or has it actually been good because it's done enough to build up to a point where, after episode fourteen, I kind of really interested to see how the next ep ten episodes go. And how it closes. So, yeah, I, I I really struggle in my head with with what I think of it as a whole. 
Like, uh, given their track record, I think this is somewhat of a disappointment because, like, if you say, if you say that uh, Gainax is basically trigger, then we have uh, Gurren mm-hmm. Lagan and Kill the Kill, and in both of those stories, we have like a clear progression of things. Well, in this yeah. story, we weren't even moving places for half of the episodes, and then we're like, well, what's gonna happen? And in all of those episodes, everything kept getting bigger and bigger. Yeah. So I was kind of hoping that Strelizia was gonna develop more powers and grow even more powerful, but uh, that doesn't seem. To yeah, happen. yeah, and the mech, the mech, a bit of it, um, has has been a bit of a disappointment in 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 the sort of second quarter of the of the series. Um, some you know some shows, and um, if you look at something like um, Round Bernie and Vitham. You know, it didn't always. I mean, it was predominantly a mecha show, but it did have the odd episode that didn't have mecha in it. And ultimately, it was about the characters, and the mecha was secondary. If you look at Pat Labor, you know, the the mecha often is a bit secondary to the to the characters. So, you know, it's not a mecha show doesn't always have to be predominantly about the mecha um, to be a good show. But I think if you're going to rely on the characters, um, to drive the show, then the character—it's got to be consistent, and um, and I think you know you've got to avoid some of those some of those tropes which we've talked about so far. Like that you know, as as we've said, have kind of dif- you know dissipated all that really good energy and tension and drama that that's been building up, and and that's what worries me about episodes you know fifteen and sixteen having you know I, I agree with you, Carsten. You know the the last two episodes have been really really good. Um, but I'm just worried that it's gonna just dissipate that now, and we're gonna we're gonna go back to like episode seven and eight, and we're gonna have some silly um, story, you know, sort of character shenanigans that you know is is a bit you know just a bit of comedy and and a bit of fun, you know. Yeah, uh, I've seen the preview, so uh, I'm not gonna spoil it for you, but uh, not gonna go back to that. I can say that. Oh, it's gonna be drama now, maybe. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> okay. Uh, but uh, I'm, I'm kind of getting this from a, a different point because this is my first mecha show. So oh, really? Tropes, yeah. So the tropes and uh, because I, I watch uh, mostly shonen, right? Uh, and uh, and some sports anime. But uh, I've been uh, broadening my horizon lately. So. Yeah, I think mecha is definitely outside our area of expertise, and now I'm actually intrigued. Have you watched every single uh, Gundam uh, anime? Yes, yeah. Uh, which one is the best? Because I've only seen a few. Um, my, f- mm, I've got two... F- uh, that's a lie. I haven't got two favourites. I've got lots of favourites, really. Um, <laughs> so, I really, really like Zeta Gundam. Um, I think that's probably my favourite TV series. I think that's... I've seen that quite a few times, and I, I really enjoy that. Really good story, um, great action, really, really, really cool mecha designs all the way through it. Um, really good ending, uh, great set of characters, so I recommend that. The original movie trilogy, I think, is fantastic. Um, the TV series is good, but, you know, it's... Because it's in that transition period from Super Robot, you know, and that was the first real robot show. Um, there's there's some Super Robot um, sort of hang-ups still in that show, which the movie trilogy gets rid of and kind of reanimates some of it. So um, the movie trilogy is really good. Um, the 8th MS team, I absolutely adore. I, I really, really like that. Um, Gundam in the Jungle. Um, you know, it's like Vietnam Gundam. I, I think that's a really good story. Looks fantastic, especially on Blu-ray. Really, really nice looking show. Uh, great story. Um, you know, they're probably my top three. Um, and G Gundam as well. Absolutely adore that show. It's not, it's not UC Gundam, but, um, but I, you know, a great take. Really, really good story. Again, great characters, great Gundam designs. Um, a really interesting story as well because. It looks a bit kind of goofy on the outside. Looks, you know, a bit like a Shonen Gundam show. Um, but actually, is there's some real, there's some really interesting stuff um, 
running beneath the surface of that that show um really really interesting so yeah there's there's plenty there to recommend pat labor as well really good franchise to get into yeah i'll just add it to my ever-growing list of uh yeah. to watch, which i'm <laughs> never gonna get through regrettably but uh yeah, it's always it's way it's, too much I think anime. It's, yeah, there is just way too much anime. There is because I mean, I find I find a dilemma um, of you know, there's loads of stuff that I've watched that I want to watch again, but there's loads of stuff that I've never seen before as well, and it's trying to find that balance between rewatching stuff and and watching stuff for the first time. So uh, yeah, it's <laughs> I think every anime fan has this thing. You know, the later you get into it, the bigger the back catalogue is. And you'll always get someone going, oh, yeah, you should go and check out this from the 80s and this from the 90s. Um, so, uh, yeah. So, yeah, I'm currently watching Kill La Kill. La Kill so, having seen I've never, that. Yeah, I've never seen, I've never seen that. Um, and you, I mean, we mentioned Gurren Lagen um, just now as well. And uh, if, Have you seen that? Uh, no. I've no, seen Gurren seen... Lagen, and it's one of my favorites, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, Gurren Lagen, uh, for me, is a 10 out of 10 show. Um, yeah, I mean... Yeah, really, really good. I was kind of not sold in the beginning when uh, Simon is, uh, I guess, so boring, but I guess that's the entire point of it, because yeah. it's what he grows into. Yeah, I mean, I put off watching it for a little bit, and it was Lewis who Lewis who saw it when it, when it aired, and... I can't remember for some reason. I I kind of was like, oh, I'll get round to I'll get round to that. Um, and that's basically and... one of the things I've been uh, missing in uh, in this uh, in Darling because uh, I wanted to, like a really catchy uh, Hiroyuki Sawano hook in, somewhere in there. <laughs> Just give us like uh, fight the power or something. Yeah. While Strelizia is in action, but uh, sadly not yet. No, and you know it's. Um... It's done in the Franks is, you know, it's, it's never going to reach those heights. Yeah, it's never going to reach those heights. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, from a, you know, from a Mecca standpoint, I, th I think it sits firmly in the, um, you know, if, I'd, I, if I had to rate the series um, so far where we are at episode 14, it, it would sit, probably firmly sit at a five, uh, five out of 10 sort of mark. I don't think, you know, I think it's had enough highs to, to, warrant it but it's had enough lows to and because i'm not sure where the story's going um i think oh, i don't know it worries me that it could be terrible uh because it doesn't just doesn't seem to be heading anywhere at the moment have you uh, looked at the web manga no no i don't i uh, i barely you know i get time to watch anime i don't get time to look at manga either <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because if you get put off by the sexual innuendos in the show, you you should really don't read the manga. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that was probably all the not-so-safe-for-work things they included in the manga, <laughs> yeah. I guess. Yeah. Uh, so I guess you can help us uh, resolve a dispute from uh, last week's episode. Um, who was in the wrong when... Ichigo forcefully stopped Zero Two from seeing Hero. Uh, what is your take on that? Because um, I basically said that since Fetushi and Sorome was prepared to use violence or even the threat of violence to stop uh, a Zero Two from seeing Hero, then they kind of lost their moral high ground right there. So I'm not saying they yeah. had it coming to them, but it was definitely in the cards. Yeah, I think... You, you can understand Ichigo's motives, can't you? Um, you know, they've never really... The, the, the team have never really trusted Zero Two. So, um, you know, and he's and he's been hurt. And, you know, it was obvious the feelings always been there with between... Well, certainly from Ichigo to Hero. So once he was hurt and she'd done that to him... I, I mean, I can understand her getting very, very protective over him. I agree. As a result, they've probably lost the, the moral high ground in, in how they went about it. But um, it kind of it was interesting because it kind of made you feel a bit sad for Zero Two as well because she's not. I sometimes think Zero Two isn't of her own mind. You know, she's a she's a product, effectively. 
you know she's she's purposely made for uh you know a single purpose and been treated and in a certain way and she's had a certain upbringing so she's never been her own person as such yeah. um so i think you know that kind of and the one in all this time um you know they had she had the relationship with hero and then for whatever mind uh wiping or you know clear mind clearing or whatever that that they you know both of them didn't realize who each other was until much later um you know i i found that really sad for zero two um you know she's finally made this she had this connection they finally remade that connection um and there's something kind of more in her life or something else other than that maybe wants her to try and be a different person because she you know, she's desperately trying to be human and, and then make her more like Hero. And, and Hero's ended up going, you know, he's going the other way at the moment. Um, yeah, yeah so I, I, I... I certainly yeah. think some of the moments we saw earlier in the series were real, where uh, Zero Two showed a lot of humanity, I guess. And mm. it looked like she was having fun, so... All of that wasn't for show, so she definitely felt something, even though... Yeah. When it came down I agree. to it, she... I agree, and I think that's what, you know, as I said, heroes, heroes bringing the best out in her or making her want to be different or a better person, maybe. Um, so I think when, when Pichigo blocked her, I yeah, I, th I thought that was... I understand the motives, but it made me feel sad for Zero Two. Yeah, and I mean, where they went too far is when... Or this should be totally up to Hero, it's he who got hurt. So if he wants to see Zero Two, then I don't think they should have done anything. They should have followed Hero's wishes. Mm. They shouldn't yeah. just assume what is best for him, I mean. No, no, I agree, and I think that's probably where that's probably where Ichigo got it very wrong, but I don't I don't blame her for her actions. Yeah, but then again, uh in episode three or four when uh, she almost killed uh, Mitsuru, they kind of let it slide. They didn't do anything mm. about it. Mm. That's very true. That's yeah, very true. I guess people should know what they're getting themselves into. I guess that was just uh, hubris or arrogance or whatever. Yeah. That he but would be able expect... to do whatever uh, Hero was able to do. And I don't get why he's so mad at Hero, just because... <laughs> Just because this one childhood memory where Hero says they're gonna ride together, and does he mean that in the literal way, or does he mean like? <laughs> I... Well, um, a promise between uh, two bros is sacred. <laughs> Very true. Very true. Yeah. Uh, I guess, but this does. More feel like a high school drama without really mm, yeah, high school. I, yeah, so. yeah, that absolutely right, Frederick. I, I completely agree. I think it does feel more like a just a high school drama set against a sci-fi future background with robots in it. Very much so. I completely agree. I mean, what did what what? Would do you guys well? What would you guys like to see in these last ten episodes? Where would you like to see the series head? Uh, I think I want a massive, uh, like, uh, uh, I want the table to be turned massively, and everything I was, uh, I thought I believed, or I thought was, turned out to be wrong, and there's some kind of a grander plot behind everything, and some kind of uh, plot twists that I, I don't foresee because I don't really want this reality to be true. <laughs> as sad as it sounds, I mean. Well, in the in the first episodes, ED, you have the characters in uh, in a city living normal lives. Mm. You kind of get... Could they be going that route? You want, to, you want them to wake up from the Matrix? Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, yeah, I agree. I mean, that's... I always find that quite interesting that you you have these glimpses and you had that one episode um, where Hero spent that time 
with that woman um you know and you kind of see that there's this it's a very kind of manufactured life um so uh you know and that they you know i think she said something about the fact that they don't talk very often she, you know she has a partner um, yeah. but they don't talk very much um you know and all this and all this talking to hero to them either, either the talk no so i found that really interesting that this you know you can see in the way they're dressed that this world that they're protecting um seems to be a very sterile you know world um and you wonder what sort of you know what it is they're actually protecting you know they've got this energy resource um you know that they're, they're mining and it attracts these claxosaurs so what's the purpose of that what is it they're actually protecting what what is the the desperate need for the for the energy um and you know how how does this society work and you know i think there's been some interesting world bit world building and it's given you glimpse in some of those episodes that we've just described but I want to kind of see that fully fleshed out and that, you know, they're protecting something and all this talk about, you know, children actually, you know, they actually kind of break the society they're in. You know, they actually go back to having a, um, uh, you know, back to creating children naturally because every, everybody seems to be a test tube at the moment. Yeah. Um, and I do something that's really interesting. Um, I watched a film... I rewatched a film, a 1980 film called um, Toward the Terror. Um, and it's really interesting because the world in that film is very much like the world in, or well, I should say the other way around. Garland in the Franks, the way it portray, portrays that sterile world where everyone comes from a test tube is exactly the world that's created in Toward the Terror. Um, and I, and I definitely recommend it to you guys to go and watch that film. Um, you can probably, um, I think there is a DVD of it, but I'm sure you can find it in various ways. Um, uh, but I definitely, definitely recommend checking it out because it's interesting how in Towards the Terror, um, there's this very, again, sterile world, very uniform. Everything's very set by, a, ultimately it's by a master computer, um, that governs this world, and and, it, and what happens in there in that world is um, you have normal humans, and then you have um, people with who develop ESP powers, and basically the people with ESP powers are shunned, and they, there's like this kind of constant battle with it, and the the Esper people um, they end up actually going back to having babies naturally. You know, no one, there hasn't been a natural birth in a hundred years or something, you know, but they go back and they create the start, restart society, you know, by having babies the natural way. And ultimately, this computer um, created the people, the Esper people, just to try, just to give um, the humans something to kind of the normal people to just kind of carry on their life with otherwise they would have nothing in this perfect world they would have nothing to do you know there would just be no objective to life it, you know there'd be no no higher purpose so i'm interested to see whether darling in the franks goes down that sort of route is is there a higher purpose which they're all striving for and actually you've just got to get the right set of kids or the you know to then actually evolve humanity or move society on to the next step and you know i i want to see something like that in it yeah what well, definitely i thought was very weird is when a society has uh made so many experiments on humanity and they have they think they've figured out everything a person needs in life how has haven't they figured out that people need company i mean hmm they desperately need company. We're like a pack animal. So I just think everyone is unhappy in some capacity, if they don't, even if they don't realize it. Yeah, I agree. And and I think that's it's interesting maybe a to see plot what... hole or something. Uh, maybe not a plot hole, but it's just a yeah. But then again, the, this is where the machines comes in, where they have the 
the stimuli machines, the stimuli, the, the brain in waste mm. you wouldn't normally do. Well, we have drugs for that, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't think you can find drugs here on this planet. Only magma fuel. Yeah, and I don't think it's a plot hole. I think there's there's subplot there or something, but it could it could easily be under delivered. I think, um, and you you could end up with quite a few open ended um, sort of strains in in this if if it isn't careful. Which then kind of makes me wonder: is this because I've noticed a lot of series um, have been you know getting seasons you know sort of six months later and part of me wouldn't be surprised if we saw series a 12 episode series two in six months or you know this time next year yeah that i think that basically depends on how much they or how popular this becomes mm. and i think they definitely did something right because here at uh, zero two figurines are gonna sell ichigo figurines are gonna sell so yeah I think we're basically yeah. guaranteed the season two if if they want to make a season two. Yeah, because you know, if you look at something like Attack on Titan, the way that's got its sequel, I know it's a bit of a longer gap, but you know, I can I can see some something happening along those lines with Darling in the Franks. Yeah, because the source material isn't going to be the problem here. Because no. <laughs> <laughs> and to be honest, that's something. For, oh which I guess is a little bit disappointing for me, um, is that we finally got, as I said, a two-core original mecha series. And I feel, in some ways, that they kind of squandered it. You know, it's kind of been a bit of a missed opportunity. It ruins it for future generations. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, next you know, time someone wants a budget for a two-season mecha show, they're going to say no. Yeah, that, you know... There is a bit of that, you know. I, I hate to think, um, you know, I hate to think people, you know, getting into anime, see, you know, watch Mecha like this, and this is what they think Mecha's like. Um, you know, that would break my heart, really. Um, but on the on the plus note, uh, a new UC Gundam show was announced today, starting in November. So, you know, there's still hope. Mm. Mobile Suit Gundam. Uh, narrative, I think it's called. Oh, wait, so is all of the Gundam shows in the same or I know they're supposed to be in the same universe, but they don't no. really follow the same timeline, do they? Like, No, not all of them. So you, so the original Gundam series was the um, was called the Universal, Universal Century Timeline. And then everything, all the anime up until uh, when did I think 94 when victory finished. So the original series Zeta. So you had the original, you had the original storyline, which went through the original TV series Zeta double Zeta and Shah's counterattack. Uh, that was the original Gundam story. And then after that, you started to get some spin-off OVAs like um, eighth MS team, 0083 and 0080, which kind of, expanded on the you know the uc universe and then you had a few more sort of sequels to it you had f91 which sort of moved the story on 30 years and then victory which moved it on another 30 years and then the um alternative universe gundam started um so you had wing g and um gundam x um and then over the you know since then you've had a mix of uc gundam which is sort of canon to the original story and then alternative universe stuff. So stuff like Age, Seed, Iron Blooded Orphans, you know, they they've they've been their own um timelines. Yeah, I actually weren't watched Iron Blooded Orphans. I think they uh there was way too much emphasis on oh my god, they're children. Yeah. <laughs> they have to die where they're just space debris. Oh my god, they're children. Think of the children. But uh Think of the children, yeah. Yeah, it was it was a good show overall, I guess. Yeah, I enjoyed it. I, I quite I quite liked it. I had my reservations about the um team behind it, but um you know, I actually thought some of the character development, if you got over the oh my god, they're children thing, um, was actually quite interesting. I thought 
um, I, I did enjoy, I did enjoy it. So um, yeah, but it, it's interesting that it's going. It's they've gone back to a UCTV series because um, Brick and Greaster in G I thought was um, was terrible. Frankly, <clears throat> I thought that was just an absolute mess. It sounds like we've exhausted uh, Darling in the Franks topics by now. Huh? <laughs> yeah. Does anyone have anything they want to discuss? No, no. I think um, I think I've said everything I want to say about it. Really, I think it's um, yeah. I'm just interested to see where the where it goes for the next ten episodes. I really am. Yeah, uh, I think we're nearing. Had... Oh, sorry. Yeah, I had some interesting thoughts. Uh, the nines, you know, uh, you have you have Ichigo. Uh, she's uh, her name is based on numbers, and so are the others. And then Nana and Hachi, the teachers or leaders from supervisors, the... Supervisors, I guess. Yeah, supervisors, yeah. They're uh, number seven and eight. Or they're... Yeah. yeah are, are they? I don't think it's ever said that their numbers are that. Maybe we just assume their numbers are that because of their names. Yeah. Um, but that's also a point, actually, because I think they run out of numbers. I mean, I think they they must have started this number pro uh, project very recently because all of the <laughs> squads have so low low numbers. I mean, weren't there somewhere one who came before this? Shouldn't they have had lower numbers? Yeah, I I had that same thought watching episodes thirteen and fourteen. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly the same thought, yeah. Because it's like, because you know, there's only because um, when you look at the numbers, there's only three digits, and it's like if you're if you're a parasite, you know, one thousand, you know, do you, do you not exist? Do you get bumped off? You know, can there, can there only be nine hundred ninety nine parasites at any one time? And I think when you get those high numbers, I think your potential for becoming a parasite is so low too. So you're probably discarded, yeah. I guess. Yeah, but it still, but it still implies though that even if you get into the hundreds, it kind of like, well, why would you have a numbering system that high? You know, why why wouldn't you just be in um, single, you know, in double digits or something? Yeah, I just. Yeah, I'm confused. I don't know. Yeah, I don't yeah. know either. <laughs> it's, again, it's one of those things. It's just so it's left so ambiguous that it's it's difficult to know what to make of it, really. Yeah, that and all the characters' uniforms are shorts, basically. That that I don't get either. <laughs> and grey. It just seems so ugly. So ugly. Yeah, the uniforms are bizarre. I I, I agree with that as well. I kind of like their uh, second uniform. The dress uniform? The, yeah, the medal. Yeah, but it just looks like um, a child that is wearing uh, his father's uh, uniform <laughs> from some kind of a war. Or... Yeah. It, it, yeah, it, it does look have like that cosplay, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Uh, so... Yeah, like I say, I've got nothing much more to add on on it. I think it's um, it kind of is what it is at the moment. It's been an hour, so uh, I yeah. think we've covered covered everything, uh, or not everything, but uh, everything relevant, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Uh, we've had we've had a few diversions into the wider world of Mecca as well, so. Uh, yeah. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, I hope we, I hope we didn't uh, put you off so terribly. Uh, of no, our no, terrible it's been English, good. I mean, no, 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 it's been good. Thank you very much for inviting me on. It's been a been a really good discussion. Yeah, uh, yeah I hope... think we can. Uh, it's safe to say we would uh, like to invite you back for the twenty fourth episode. Yeah, I think that would be. I, yeah, I would say great minds think alike, and I was going to say I think it'd be great to come back in episode twenty-four and and sort of repeat, you know, continue this discussion, reviewing, looking back on the whole uh, series. Yeah, definitely. Ten weeks to go. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ho cool. Uh, hopefully, we'll have a lot of positive uh, positive things to say about the show. Let's hope so. Fingers crossed. I've got I've got high hopes that it's going to end on a high. I really have. Yeah, and it's it's uh, the second most uh, liked show in the spring winter. So. Yeah, oh, but that, that doesn't really? necessarily yeah. mean much, I guess. And is it is that the Western fans or is it uh, Japan? Yeah. Yeah, Western. I think. Okay. Well. Well, I guess. Yeah. We're done. Western yeah. fans couldn't uh, save uh, no game, no life. So. Yeah. <laughs>